0: Everybody, you are listening to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast, hosted by the Accelerate head performance coach, Ben Tillis. You are about to hear some of the best guests speaking about track and field in a way you have never experienced before. From American record holders to national coaches, this is the place to be to get the latest and greatest news about the sport of track and field. So as always, sit back, buckle up, enjoy the ride. Here we go.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again today on the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast. Today, we hit up part three of our three-part series with Spillwater Minnesota High School Head Coach Scott Christensen. This series has been wonderful to listen to Scott detail all the ways you can improve your athlete's performance while also keeping the risk of injury down. In today's episode, you'll hear him talk more about the mental side and how we can overcome and provide opportunities for our athletes to break through on the day when they need to do it. So, Take a listen here. We pick up from where we left off about athletes changing from the 800 and how they can best transition into their best event. Now you've gotten to what I was about to ask, you know, and and maybe touch on two aspects of this, um, which is the question of of uh, within a system things you know what what is what do you have to look for and make sure things are different uh both with you said they're coming from two different directions um but also um say they are coming from the same direction but maybe maybe that's that that is similar um and you got you got athletes again i mentioned before an 851 and an 858 in the same year and you've had i think one year a couple years ago you have three under nine in the same year or right around it yeah um and uh and I've told people that before that one was running 20 miles a week, just a freak right. of freak of nature um, and and would run one hard workout. He'd do four by K at 235, yeah. right? Just insane. And then he wouldn't do anything the rest of the week. He'd warm up and go home, you know? And so, and then the other one was running by the senior year, running close to 70 miles a week, you know, and really, really putting in, He he believed he couldn't run well unless he was putting in every ounce of, if you even mentioned that it might be in the training, he would find a way to put it in. You know, you'd say six to eight, he's not doing six of something. Right. What, how do you differentiate that?
0: Um, well, I think the, I've, I've looked a lot at, um, the work of Dr. Stephen Ingham, um, I N G H A M. And and he's got a book out. It's called how to support a champion. And he is, the sports scientist for the UK. And okay. uh, so he was around for the grand old days of Co and Cram. And, but he's also been just involved in, in track and field and rowing um, for the last uh, 30 years with. Okay. The, so he's got access to everything and he's got a great lab and he, and, and so he's got access to good athletes and that's the problem with a lot of human studies beyond the fact it's just hard to work with humans is it's hard to work with good humans because good humans just don't want to give you access um um or interrupt what they're doing or, right they just right. don't it's not ha- going to help them and they're very driven to make an olympic tape whatever they're just they don't they're not looking for the good of they're not altruistic they're, they're sure. looking for what's good which is fine but ingham did a series of studies um uh, in 2010 And uh, he determined that um, in middle distance, 800 mile, um, aerobic power um, was the determining factor um, 94% of the time. In other words, the person, it wasn't always the deciding factor on if you were really good or not. But 94% of the time, you know what, the people that had the highest lab numbers were the best 800 runners and milers in, in the UK. Now, of course, the Olympics isn't about handing in a lab report. It's about running the race. So, um, you know, there's you still need the will to win, and you still got to be tough. And also, you have to be able to close well, too. It's just not aerobic. There's some anaerobic contribution as well. So um, to be successful, you have to um, develop aerobic power. And we do that generally through mileage which um, um, it makes a bigger heart, more blood volume, all of the what we call um, um, central part of, of aerobic power, and and, and um, it's the big ticket items. The more blood, the, the higher um, um, hemoglobin count content in the blood, the bigger heart, bigger stroke volume on the left side. But then there's the peripheral um, development of VO2 max that a lot of coaches miss. And that is, um, the last stage of using oxygen. And that's the muscle removing the oxygen from the blood. Um, that's where myoglobin is important. And, and it, it, it the oxygen is moving by rapidly. Obviously the athletes do a lot of work. You got to move it out. Um, that is best stimulated and improved with work done right at your present day aerobic power or V VO2 max. So Hence, the reason you need to do not only mileage to develop your aerobic capacity and power, but the um, uh, reason you are specific in date pace uh, VO2max work is to develop that peripheral portion. So um, it's a long way of getting to the answer. To your question is some people are closer um, in their develop just with their genome, Um Others just need a little bit of stimulus. Others need to work pretty damn hard at it. Um, so um, it it all depends on growth and development issues. It, it goes with um, what what's their mileage background? Could sure. they could they get there? Can they develop capacity just by doing some VO? Can, can how? How much stimulus they? Because all people needed a varying amount of stimulus. Sure. Um, and I had the luxury. I had a kid. Well, one of the kids you talked about that broke nine minutes, uh, Eli Kron. Yeah, um, freshman. He has the
1: the national two mile freshman record. Right? right. Right.
0: And and um, and he was uh, running with the. That was the year we had the three guys at nine minutes, and right. uh, uh, one was the state cross country champ, Wade Hall, and Wade, and, yeah. and 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 Eli was just. The, our third guy. I mean, there's no way around. He was just tagging along with the other two, and they were running um, a pretty good, pretty high number for us. They were running some fast stuff, but their mileage was in the fifties at least. So, um, and Eli was doing it well. When those guys left, um, Eli ran into some injury problems when in, in his later years. Right, right. Achilles. She, Things. Achilles. Yeah. Yep. Achilles basically. And, you know, I got him down to almost that again on like 16 miles a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just, I, I, when he graduated, um, I felt like I'm glad he had the influence of the two seniors when he was a ninth grader. Cause I really think that drove him. But beyond that for the other three years and he won a couple more state titles and, and, and he ran pretty fast, but I felt like I could have trained him any number of ways. I mean, it, 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 it he just didn't need much aerobics. His, his, his developed aerobic power for him stayed with him. I mean, right. he, he just had the, 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 and, and what we're trying to do, if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of science here is what we're trying to do with training is we're trying to turn on genes that wouldn't be turned on otherwise. When you turn on genes, that is a process of genetic signaling, and that then signals other processes to occur in the body. For most people, if you're not turning on those genes, they turn themselves off because it's just the, the way of life. You turn off what you don't use. Sure. Some people, they just the signaling just once it's turned on, it's turned on. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and for him, I just think it was turned on and um, it may have diminished a bit, but it didn't take me much work. Right. Um, to get him back up. And and um, um, it we're You know, as another example, we're kind of struggling through this. Is the season off or on right now in Minnesota? I mean, we don't know for sure. Same with us. Sure. Yeah. So I have the kids. um, First of all, I'm telling them, you know, this is pandemic and you follow whatever you feel is safe. But if you're talking about training, just do the aerobic work because we've done and I feel in their career, I've turned on so much anaerobic genetic signaling with them that if they do come back,
1: it's I on can, in, oh, in two weeks, five
0: days, two weeks, yeah. two weeks. I can get yeah. you ready for a big race. Other yeah. people, it would take six to eight weeks, nine weeks maybe to to get up to speed, um, so to speak. But I just feel like we've just turned on and turned off these genes so many times, and and some kids that just have on, um, like Eli did. So, but you never know. I mean, there's sure. there's no test. There's no lab work you can do, it's part of the, for the art of-
1: For the fast responder, right? For that yeah. kid that, you know, I, I uh, like you said, it's funny. You start working with any number of kids and they, they miss 10 days or something for, yeah. for something. And they're just, these are your valedictorians, right? They're right. your type A and they are just beyond panicked. I don't even want to toe right. the line. I'm not ready. And you just go, my goodness, I have seen... A kid miss again i go back to that kid that ran 858 um he uh he was hurt well he, he rolled his ankle at griac uh uh-huh. his senior year rolled his ankle didn't train then and didn't run again till the state qualifying meet but, and so you get about a month later and then uh ran the state meet and then was going to take time off uh sure. went to the nike cross uh regional Um, and decided it was, yeah, it was the year Addison won and OBSA was second and, and, uh, uh, we got fourth and fifth. And what was funny was I put him on the list way back when, but he wasn't going to run, but he showed up, hopped in. And ran, and everybody was making a big deal about the end of his race. He's pointing and smiling. And yeah. when he ran 858, first kid in Iowa to do, he's saluting the crowd. But it was weird. It's what you go back to, you know, again, I've heard it as a fast responder or something that you can tell these kids it's, it's actually okay. That mm-hmm. you're probably going to be mostly fine. You are the best runner. His teammate as a junior got mono uh, five weeks before the state meet mm-hmm. and basically did nothing. And then came and ran 1525 at the state meet and won it. And you, you kind of have to try to remind those kids. Again, you can't determine everybody's going to do that. Some would come out and whatever. But um, like you said, that's an inter I was wondering if you're gonna get to the why that was, but you're saying there's kind of no specific reason other than the body. Sometimes it's almost it seems like sometimes a r- fitness is almost even like riding a bike, which which would seem a little bit counterintuitive, but it's almost a memory how to run a four ten mile or something.
0: Is there is there something to what I'm saying there? Well, there's resiliency, and that's I think what you're there you looking go. to sure. in the physical side. But I think there's also um, with the kind of kids we're talking about here. There's a, a psychological side that there's a will to win that that trumps just yep. about about everything. And it, it may not look like it's killing them and they're ready to drop, but it, it is. I mean, they're right. they're right on the edge and they're pushing their systems um, above and beyond what. There has to be something that separates champions from right. the people that aren't. And I think those, you know, I am very confident in my, my, my training program. I think it produces kids, but there's also some kids that didn't never quite got there. I mean, they're, right. everything showed that they were going to get there. And and I compared it with historical data from the guys that actually got there and you know what, they just never got there. And I, I, I don't think it was, they weren't bad people, and I don't hold them against them. It's just, it, we we put so much, I put so much on science. And, and, and that's why my wife's been very, very good to me, and, and it, for me. She's an English teacher. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's like, Scott, Everything after school is not a scientific experiment for you. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's not if you keep replicating, you will get the same results, which is what science is. Sure. Repeat it the same way you did it, and the results should be the same, and that's the value of science, replication. If you don't have replication, you don't have science. But you know what? With humans, kids, any human, but especially with kids, there's, there's the mental side of it that's um that's the area you you're asking where's the big area there's the big area and yeah sure. there's the there's the when I look at athletics 50 years from now I just went back 50 years back to costal right, studies right, and empowerment right. now let's go ahead 50 years it's gonna they're gonna laugh when they think that athletes at this period were using drugs I mean it's like you're doing drug tests, people were injecting, you know, if you're going to cheat 50 years from now, it's all going to be genetic uh, manipulation, CRISPR, editing, gene editing, that kind of, you're not going to, and the (laughs) The the, minimal change. in yeah. yeah. And the other thing's going to be the, the psychological part of it, you know, how we understand,
1: um, how better we understand the mind.
0: Yeah. How we better understand the mind. It's, it's, um, well,
1: I've often said this, Scott, and and maybe I, I got it from somebody and don't remember, but I, I've told people before when they've had a kid at that level that's really tough. I remember, you know, and you'll think I'm stalking you here, but I remember you, you know, Eli took a few years to win a cross-country race. Right. And I uh I uh think about that and I've said to kids before, the gap from second to first is bigger than the gap from second to last. Yeah. There, like you said, there's that thing that separates champions, yeah. <laughs> that that ability to step out into the unknown and go if I take the lead here, that means I'm trying to win, you know, or whatever. And so there's sort of that, uh, that, that chasm that exists. Uh, Whereas like you said, some people are just born. They, they, these are your guys that would be so pissed at you if you didn't put them on the four by four anchor. Yeah. Right. right. Those are, those are the ones, whereas you've got ones and I had one that was, boy, was she ever a stud and we needed her all the time. She so had second leg or third leg, right? It was, yeah. I will wheel and deal, but don't put me in a spot where I might not be able to come through. Remember you talked about Wade, uh, I think that week that he won the state title, you said he knew he was going to win it. Um, but I've also had a kid that looked and for all the world like it was going to dominate and felt like a million bucks and just looked at me as this is game over and finished 30th, you know, um, yeah. any things that you think sometimes play into
0: that. Well, you know, I've been thinking through my career that I've never really had, well, Eli, excuse me, Ben Blankenship, I remember the one race where, again, he was our third runner, Ben was, um, and it was a track race. It was the conference meet. And, um, he was just in the, in the mile and, and, um, as, as our third guy, and I was standing with, um, our rival coach, coach from another school. And he looked over at me, goes, that little kid's going to win it. And I said, no, I said, No. <laughs> right. I, I said, there's, a, uh, there's other good runners in this race. And, and I said, plus we have two better. And right. he goes, no, I could just tell by the way he's running. And I said, well, I'm looking at him too. And he was in about fifth, sixth spot with, sure. with two laps to go. And he, he won it. And and maybe I had watched him so many times that I just kind of get locked into what I see. Yeah. This guy hardly ever saw Ben run, maybe a you know, a couple times during yeah. the year. He wasn't even their distance coach. He was just the their hurdles coach that was standing. Sure. There. He just looked at it and he saw something that I never saw. And and that was the day he he that was his big breakthrough. And and yeah. he um I've had more go the other way yeah um surprised me in what they what their next race was sure that, that wasn't so good um um it, it then just kind of made that big breakthrough right in front of my eyes so yeah yeah um and and i as a coach i when my athletes are are well i think of Wade Wade hall won the state cross country meet right um in 12 and um Uh, 2012 and i mean we went out to heartland it was a week later Uh, yeah i remember and he ran so poorly and 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 the only thing i can think of is i always saw his routine um it was always just pretty deliberate and kind of the leader of the the guys and i walked over by the group at the start of the near the start It was about 15 minutes before the start because they they kind of shoo you out of there um, at heartland and I go, where's Wade? And they said, well, he we kind of wandered over that way. And they pointed towards that trail and the river. And I walked down there and he was just sitting on a log looking at the river. And I go, Wade, come on back, man. We got a race going to gonna start. And then he ran poorly. And, you know, I, I don't know if he was overthinking it that day. We never really spent much time right. debriefing. And
1: sometimes I mean, the postmortem, yeah, does, it I, doesn't
0: it, bring anything yeah. back alive. Right? Our team didn't make it. They'd been to nationals the year before. We had a better team in 12, and we just didn't make it. We got beat. That's what sports is. We got beat. We got beat. But I take that, you know, personally, when a kid makes a big breakthrough, is always that second kid can't beat their rival, but then they beat their rival. Or or they they beat the older kid. I always just heap all the praise on the kid. Yeah, right. But when I have an athlete that in one week, um, for no real reason— not do so well, I pretty much shoulder yeah. the blame on that because it's not physical. There's no way it's physical. It's just the the mental stew that I was brewing that week mm-hmm. either freaked him out, scared him, or I was too casual. Um I just said, well let's just get this heartland over with so we can get back to Portland, you know? right I, and I don't know what I said, but I'm I really don't. But what I'm saying is um whatever I did Obviously, wasn't the right thing Um, um, because he didn't he didn't do it. Well, and as coaches, I think that's a
1: valuable lesson that um, for kids to uh, for kids to uh, to know is that, you know, we we, it is their breakthroughs. These are their moments. These are the things that, you know, they're the one they're the ones that came in, you know, and and, uh, they're the ones that did that you know, at that high level, they're the ones that came through and, and did the thing that we hoped they would do in that big moment. Um, but, uh, at the same time, as you said, they, they put so much and want to do so much for us. There, there's no reason usually on the back end to do, like I said, that big long post-mortem, some parents want it, you know, what, what right. happened, what happened, what right. happened, what happened. And most of the time it's, you know, it's like you said, there was just something we primed the pump. Right. And sometimes yeah. maybe you put diesel in the, instead of gasoline in accidentally and you just go, man, I know they're ready. I saw them. you know, I, again, yeah. again, going back to uh, Ainsley, she her freshman year, she undefeated, dominant, got fourth at state uh, way off where she normally would have been. And then. Middle of the week, ran a 455 mile time trial. And then, you know, you go, oh my gosh, it was just a fluke. Goes to Nike and bombs again, you know, or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, and, uh, just one of those things you go, okay, it's clearly not her fitness. It's not a lack of whatever, but the buttons being pushed were not the, you know, did not take us to the floor I thought the elevator needed to go to. And, well, Scott, I, you yeah. know, I, uh, um, man, I could do, we could probably do this all day and keep going on forever and ever. Uh, I'd love to, you know, uh, follow back up, uh, sometime here when we're actually back training, but, uh, uh, training and racing, but, uh, any, anything else that, uh, you know, kind of putting a bow on anything from today that, uh, you would like to touch on and, and, uh, you know, I guess most of this is speaking to Iowans right now and, and, uh, anything that, uh, you think your neighbors to the South, uh, you'd like them to know. I love going against Iowa teams. I I
0: love going out to heartland and, and, and seeing the Iowa teams and, and, uh, got a lot of friends coaching there. So I love the, just the idea of what you guys are doing down there. And this has been such a fun podcast and you're made me feel so comfortable. I, I, um, love talking about training. I could go on all day about it and you've steered us into the right direction. And, and, uh, really enjoyed it and I'd be, we never even got to microcycles. I mean, we never even got yeah, to like let, uh, yeah, uh, together. Let's we can uh, do that some other time. I, mean, we well, can, I was going to say, let's, uh, let's set up some things and we'll put together a little bit of a series.
1: And yeah. uh, I was going to say, I know I've got this, I, I didn't make a list. You said we'll meander it where we go, but uh, yeah, I was going to say there's a whole lot there that I'm sure we're going to leave coaches thinking, ah, uh, they, they didn't quite say it, you know, or whatever <laughs> uh, they left it yeah. there. And I guess that's the art of, of, uh, keeping some to ourselves, but also then how you phrase it and give that opportunity to, to, to there, if we expanded on it today, it would be expanding on it for the rest of April. You know, I'm <laughs> sure with, with what you've uh, learned, yeah. but, um, no, man, I, again, I, I marvel at, at, uh, at what, you know, happens up there with the Minnesota teams year in and year out you know, with the limited sometimes training that, that exists. Iowans don't understand the uh, cross country ski thing. I said, yeah, no, we had it. I, I skied for little falls That's for right. a couple of years, you know, and I'm That's from that. up there, you know, and, and they just, what, what is it? You do what as a sport, you know? And, and uh, I think of guys like Garrett Heath, you know, they or, were or, or just dominant cross country skiers. Luke and Watson, I had a
0: Luke, I had Luke okay. and Watson that did it too. And they were, they did, yeah. you know, there's less crossover these days. Um, y- even, Nordic skiing has gotten to be kind of specialized. It used to used okay. to be just cross country runners could jump in yeah. and get going, you know, with with a month to get ready, you know, get on roller skis or whatever. Now it's just um, we kind of looked at the statistics and and 20 years ago there was like half the the field in the Nordic State Meet was cross country runners that you recognized from the from the state cross country running meet. Yeah. The we we looked last year there were 4 four runners oh, in my. The, in the Nordic meet. Now that doesn't mean that we still don't have a lot of people doing it, but at the top level, the very best, it's become a very specialized deal where um um the the maybe, monster kind of feeds itself. As yeah. people get better, you have yeah.
1: to specialize to get to where you want to be, but then that provides its own number of issues, but um to, to, yeah. to win a state title, as these Type A kids want to, the work then needs to be done a little more. But um, yeah, hey, so let's put that on the docket. Then we'll get a time down, and let's let's put microcycles down as the thing. Then where you you said it, I, I think that's stuff people want to hear. So uh, yeah. let's put that down for our next time. And uh, love it, man you know, I, would be excited to do it. So I'll, I'll reach back out to you. Um, and, and we'll, we'll make the time and, and, uh, maybe I'll field a few questions and, and things from some of the people here from our podcast and, and, uh, feel free to share it, uh, out there, uh, in your guys's world too. And, and, uh, we'll see how many people we can get, uh, helping them out with, with the knowledge you've, you've sort of stored up and, and, uh, always love to share. So, um, thanks again, Scott. I, I this, this, meant a lot to me, even if it hadn't gone out in a podcast, but uh, appreciate the time and look forward to talking again
0: soon. Yeah. Thanks brother. You run a great podcast. Thank you.
1: That was Scott Christiansen, head track and field and head cross country boys coach for Stillwater high school in Stillwater, Minnesota. This is the end of our three-part series with Scott, some amazing things over about 90 minutes worth of information that you can go back and listen to time and time again, and still get something new every single time. If you enjoyed what you heard you want more info from Scott, check out the show notes. You can go ahead and reach out to him if need be. Again, give us a follow in the show notes as well so you can stay on top of all the new coaches and all the new athletes we have dropping in interviews coming over the next few weeks. We hope to see you then.